Welcome to Understandable Solutions, the podcast where we discuss business and current events, those important issues that impact our world. Our goal is that you walk away with at least one nugget of useful and thought-provoking information to make your day. Here's your host, Jeff Newkirk. Hey, welcome to the Understandable Solutions podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Newkirk. Thank you so much for tuning us in. I'm so grateful to have all of you listeners and listening to what we have to say on the Understandable Solutions podcast. Another great guest today, Ian Ramirez, young upcoming leader and professional, just knocking it out of the park in his work. And we're going to talk a little bit about leadership. So welcome, Ian. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here. So before I get into it, though, I need to thank my sponsor. My sponsor is Undersummers by Carrie Ray. can be found at Undersummers.com. And they are dedicated to help women love their thighs with ultra-comfortable, non-shaping slip shorts. Still not totally comfortable saying that, but <laughs> grateful to have them as a sponsor. Shirtlets have a patented seam, free inner thigh design making them a long-lasting thigh solution, which is sure to delight for many summer seasons. Undersummers.com provides the most comprehensive selection of shortlets with sizes ranging from small to 5X, various lengths and styles and many colors and prints. These are for women and girls who just want to have fun. Try Undersummer shortlets today with a special 15% discount with the code SOLUTIONS, and that is S-O-L-U-T-I-O-N-S. So thank you, Under Summers by Carrie Ray. All right, Ian Ramirez, Mr. Ramirez, an internationally trained opera singer. So thank you for bringing culture to the podcast. Need it? My pleasure. So thank you. And has sung across the globe from opera to operations. He serves now as the co-owner and venue director of Madera Estates, an award-winning Spanish and European-inspired luxury wedding and event venue located in Conroe. Tell me about that. Yes. So Madera Estates is a family business. My parents actually started Madera Estates uh, almost 10 years ago. So we will So family business. Yes. Okay. Um, My parents actually owned a home in central Mexico in a town called San Miguel de Allende, Mexico um, for 15 years. So as a young boy, I would go over the summers and take language classes and art classes, um, walk the streets, drive our scooter. And, and so we, That's cool. we have always just had this love and affinity for Spanish culture. I, of course, am also half Colombian, um, okay. although I'm probably the palest Hispanic person you've ever met. <laughs> my grandmother on my dad's side was from uh, the Mediterranean and, and Monaco. So, um, and so... Really, the main thing that we wanted to carry through through the venue was that love for that culture. And um, when well, you having in, seen it, it's beautiful. You feel like you walk into Mexico. Yeah, right? absolutely. I mean, even from the outside before you get in, I mean, it's it's incredible. Yeah, and we we really wanted to create that space that was a unique setting for people's wedding days here in Texas. Of course, we have um, an abundance of upscale rustic venues, <laughs> barn chic. Thanks to Chip and Joanna Gaines, <laughs> certainly has become very popular. Um, Wait, barn chic? Yeah, barn okay. chic. Okay. Did you learn something new today? I did. Yeah. Yes. Thanks, yeah. Chip and Joanna Gaines, out in <laughs> Waco, wherever they are. Um, so yeah, we we predominantly uh, specialize in weddings, 
but uh, we do also host quinceaneras, corporate events, holiday parties, several nonprofits in the community we partner with and support. Um, so they'll come host their galas or fundraising events, yeah. capital campaigns when they want to do a kickoff. Um, really, but 90% of our business is weddings. And so that has been our predominant focus for the past 10 years. Yeah. So I, I didn't get involved until I moved back uh, in 2016 and uh, have really learned a lot about the wedding industry and about entrepreneurism uh, since I moved back. So moving back, where, where did you move from? Um, so I was actually living abroad in Germany. Germany, okay. Stuttgart, Germany. And I was singing professionally. Um, as you mentioned, my background is actually in music. I'm a yeah. professionally trained opera singer. So That's I, so um, impressive. Thank you, thank you. I, uh, I am a tenor for our listeners because you probably can hear Jeff has a lovely baritone <laughs> voice. <laughs> Smooth and, and enjoyable. I have a little bit of a Thank higher you, voice. I can't sing a tune. Oh, I bet you can <laughs> sing. Um, but I've always loved loved music. And so I was singing professionally in, in Germany and then had an opportunity to come back to Texas. I'm a, a Texas boy. I'm definitely a family and um, mama's boy. And okay. definitely love uh, being near my family. And so I moved back in 2016 with no intentions of joining my family's business. Um, I was still singing professionally when I had moved back. I opened my own private voice studio that I still operate today. So I also teach private voice lessons oh, wow. to high school age students here in the Woodlands, Very cool. Connor, Montgomery area. Um, and then they came to me and they had an opportunity for me to become a, a co-owner and business partner and be vested in Madeira Estates. And I said, you know what? Let's give this entrepreneurial uh, spirit a try. That's awesome. And I've always kind of enjoyed being my own person and having my own schedule, if you will, mm -hmm. uh, with my background in music. So I jumped right in. I Good didn't hesitate. You. And uh, in 2016, beginning of 2017, uh, I immediately started work there, immersed myself within the wedding and event industry, and got involved as quickly as I could. That's awesome. And I want to read some of the awards and accolades that you've received. I mean, these are very impressive. So you were named the Man of the Year through the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, Man and Woman of the Year campaign, Interfaith of the Woodlands Five Who Share Award, excuse me, Interfaith of the Woodlands Five Who Share Award recipient, as well as PR Luxury Media's Do-Gooder of the Year, and one that I think is incredibly impressive, Houston Business Journal's 40 Under 40. Now, that is a resume. So tell me a little bit about these uh, awards and accolades, which, again, very impressive, Ian. Thank you. I, I really appreciate that, Jeff. Um, like I said, when I moved back in 2016, I think really my main goal was I need to jump right in, not only into the wedding and events industry, but into a community that gave so much to me um, so I actually grew up in the Woodlands. I went to okay. the Woodlands High School and moved away. And when I came back, I didn't really have any contacts. My network was all gone. All my closest friends had moved away. And, you know, when you're growing up a kid and in high school, you're not focused on making community impacts and trying to make, you know, a network. <laughs> most are not. Yeah. You know, most aren't. Yeah. And so when I moved back, it was really a, a clean slate. And so it was at no person's or my parents push, but my own. I was very self-motivated and I said, this is what I need to do to 
get quote unquote plugged in to the community. Mm -hmm. um, so immediately I started volunteering with organizations like Interfaith of the Woodlands. Um, Explain a little bit about Interfaith because yeah. not everybody is aware. Of um, so Interfaith of the Woodlands is what we would consider the hometown nonprofit of the Woodlands. Yeah. Um, it's founded by um, Reverend Don Gebert here in the Woodlands community back in the days of George Mitchell. Mm -hmm. And really it was late 80s. Late 80s. 80s. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Really it was intended for um, a, a place for people to belong and have a safe haven in terms of their uh, chosen denomination. Uh, you know, we wanted a place for people to be able to play, pray, and then raise their families. And, and feel safe. And feel safe. Yeah. Absolutely. And so Interfaith of the Woodlands is an incredible organization. I mean, there's so many facets. You know, I, growing up here, I had an idea of what they did, mm -hmm. but it really wasn't until I really got involved and started volunteering with them um, that I really knew the true scope of the services they, yeah. that they offer. So it, it is an amazing organization. It's incredible. And I'm just the, the legs that it has, the roots that it has ingrained in the community, they are, I mean, it, it's amazing. Mm -hmm. And so when I started getting involved with them, I was presented an opportunity to help found their, their young professionals group. And so there was an initial founding group of, uh, of us and um so yeah. you are you rise to the surface early on yes i mean you are not just one to sit back and let life pass you by well You're... my life's motto is carpe diem uh, you have to seize, seize the, day. the day man absolutely yeah. and in german they say machen which is kind of like nike's just do it yeah you just got to do it machen machen m-a-c-h-e-n machen okay. Okay. it's like a cat <laughs> machen there you go do it okay um so carpe diem is my life's motto and mantra and so I had the opportunity to be a part of this founding young professionals board. So IYP, we call it lovingly and endearingly mm -hmm. interfaith young professionals. And, um, yeah, here we are celebrating five years. I just rolled off as the, the president. So I'm the immediate oh. past president of IYP. Um, but I've been involved from everything from senior bingo to the veggie village to, um, you know, serving our seniors, doing projects and lawn care, oh, small great. projects around the house, um, to their galas, to serving on committees for Giving Goes Glam. Um, Interfaith of the Woodlands really was my entrance back into the community. And so from there, then I got involved with other nonprofits. You mentioned yeah. the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, right. um, was involved with them here in Montgomery County, a part of their inaugural Man and Woman of the Year campaign. Mm -hmm. That was in 2018. Um, and so I knew the named man of the year. Yes, I did. I won man wow. of the year. Um, that was a very unique experience. <laughs> Fundraising in 10 weeks is very difficult. Yeah. I, yeah I'm asking sure people for money too. Yeah. Well, it's sort of, uh, uncomfortable, right? I mean, it can be. Not everybody is, uh, as giving, so it's, it can be sort of awkward, but yeah. the cause is so important. Oh, makes it a whole lot easier. And you believe in yes, it, so. Very much. So. Well, I'm personally affected by it. My grandmother passed away from leukemia. Uh, um, and she's my connection to the arts. She was a classically trained ballet dancer. So oh we shared gosh. that okay. in common. And my whole um, campaign was run on the slogan, raise your voice to find a cure for blood cancer. Because um, mm -hmm. when they approached me, I was like, I don't know how to raise money. So I'm just doing what I know how to do as an opera singer. So I did recitals and I did Mother's Day opera grams. Um, so, but kind of pulling everything back together, my goal really was to serve the community. So mm -hmm. I could really build that network 
um, within something that I didn't have before. Yeah. Um, so I jumped right in, like I said, jumped right into the water. It was freezing cold, but it didn't matter. Yeah. And we, we really have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Absolutely. You know, you I'm not yeah. afraid. When I moved overseas to Germany, I didn't know anybody. I would go to movie theaters by myself, make friends with strangers. You know, that's and that's, I think that's a part of growing, um, especially as a young leader. Yeah. Is well, you in, can't just stay quiet. No. And, you know, to yourself. That's yeah. not how you move forward. Um, so my, my goal was kind of twofold when I came back, obviously, to get ingrained back into the community and then really learn and, and read up on everything I could about the wedding and events industry. Mm-hmm. So I immediately got involved with a networking group in Houston called the International Live Events Association. I got on their board um, and then just got more and more involved in the business and leadership and um, then was nominated for the Houston Business Journal's 40 Under 40. Yeah, and, tell, tell us um, about that. That is, a, a, I mean, all of these awards are prestigious, but that to me just seems like rises to the top a bit because it's a it's a powerful nomination and it's really well recognized not just in houston metro houston but you know throughout the country thank you 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 make a a certain list and people now know who you are right um and it was never really my goal to be featured on any sort of list like that of course Um, that's why you made it um and so i'm very humbled that i was nominated for it and then actually you know there's kind of like an application process too um, among like hundreds, I think there were 400, over 400 applications oh, my year or well, nominations. At least, I'm sure. Um, and so really, I think for me, really the, the background, the idea of Houston Business Journal, it's an annual recognition from HBJ um, for local business and community leaders, especially obviously given the name, people under 40. And for me, it was just proof that all of the hard work that I had done when I moved back within that short time frame. So I moved back in 2016, I was named to that list in 2019. Um, so my goal um, was, as I mentioned, twofold, getting involved with the community and making our business better than it, mm-hmm. how it was before. Mm-hmm. And so I was nominated for that and then actually was named to the HPJ 40 Under 40. So, so I'm, I'm very honored to receive it too. Um, and it's kind of a nice uh, feather in my cap, if you will. Sure. Absolutely. And uh, I, don't, I don't get a chance to talk about it too much. But I'm happy to, to talk about it here yeah. today. Oh, that's great. And you, let's see, wedding MBA. I got I to gotta ask about that now. Yeah. Having an MBA, I know what that is, mm-hmm. but a wedding MBA? Yes. So let's wedding MBA it. is more of a kind of a play on words, if you mm-hmm. will. So the wedding MBA is an annual conference that happens in Las Vegas. Okay. And it's also a trade show. So they have different vendors that come and they have booths. It's like the newest technology. It's like, what are photo booths doing? What linens are out in the industry? Um, But it's a three-day conference. And I've had the opportunity now to speak twice. Um, I'll be a featured speaker again in November this year. You're just knocking it out of the park, man. I, like I said, I wanted to jump right in. So I don't, I don't shy away from a challenge. And so I, when they asked, they had the call for speakers. This was back in 2019 was my first time that I spoke. I submitted and I was like, whatever. I've never done that before. (laughs) You never know until you try. That's right. Um, And so I got chosen. I was a, a I was on a panel that year. And then this past year, I spoke, and one of my big passions within the wedding industry in terms of speaking and being a wedding educator uh, for other wedding professionals mm-hmm. is this idea of really building personal connections and um, storytelling through sales. 
everybody is uh, used to stories, right? Yeah, and and so um, that was my topic last year, and it's something that I'm very passionate about. And then this year, it's a little more specific to the wedding industry in terms of like open houses and themed open houses and influencing or influencer events, uh, okay. finding that synergy with uh, local influencers and how you can partner your business with them. Wow. Um, so Interesting. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a fun organization, okay. and uh, I'm have some status this year, elite speaker status or something. Wow. I'm supposed to share that with everybody. <laughs> um, but yeah, I have I have Ian goals. Ramirez, elite speaker status. Yes, elite speaker status. A little gold <laughs> emblem that says Ian on it. Um, no, the wedding MBA is is certainly fun for me, and that has been a side goal for me is getting really more involved in the speaking scene within mm-hmm. the wedding industry. So things like the Wedding MBA, there's other conferences. We have a lot to offer and people Um, can learn a lot from you. Well, and that's what I want to share that wisdom. I think a big part of our role and our duties as leaders is to pass that information on and not hold on to it. Of course, of course. So yeah, that's a little bit about the Wedding MBA. So as the venue director at Madeira Estates, I'll bet you have, in the experience you've had, uh, a strange or maybe a unique story or two let's let's hear some craziness so i think the the main crazy stories that i would share i mean at the end of the day aren't that crazy but we've we've had i'm sure they're pretty crazy um you know bride and groom maybe having too many drinks and passing out before the end of the night and guests leaving early because they're not even (laughs) out in the ballroom um you that's know, that's probably not a good sign, right? No, no. I'm like, you, yeah, no. <laughs> hey, I mean, if you want to be passed out in the bridal suite, that's fine. But your guests are wondering where you are. Yeah, I mean, that's not really the right time. No. Um, I think the craziest story that we I could share, and it's been a while since this wedding, so I feel comfortable sharing it. We, It's a little juicy. We're getting some drama this morning right. on our podcast. Cool. Um, cool. No, we ended up having a um, situation of infidelity, and we received what? a mysterious package at the venue the day of this couple's wedding, and it was addressed to the bride. And oh my gosh! It was from a mistress. What? Um, with proof. Oh, that, oh wow. Um, Yes, oh, the, the groom was unfaithful to her and that she shouldn't marry him. And, and it came in a package yep. and we to the not, venue. We did not give it to with him. With proof. You no, didn't give it to him. No. I'm not open at that kind of <laughs> <laughs> a, oh, This is a true story. Oh, the, I think I still have the file. Wow. So, mm-hmm. like, the entire day, you're thinking, man, this wedding probably not going to last. No, probably not. I don't. I never followed up, but You're, you don't want. To. No, I don't There's want. There's probably to. a whole lot well, more drama there. Yeah, we and really what the red flag for us was is our clients don't receive mail at oh, our venue. Yeah, yeah, that is really weird. And so I'm like, well, why? Why did she? I'm going to open it. It's technically <laughs> addressed to Madero State, so I'm like, okay. So that's probably the craziest story that's that I pretty have crazy. Um, on wedding day. You know, we, we we really don't have bridezillas. I think a lot of people want to know, like, oh, yeah. is that TV show legit? You know, are there really bridezillas? Mm. More often than not, we get parents or moms that are very passionate. Momzilla. Um, helicopter moms, right? That Uh-oh. want everything to be perfect. Yeah. Um, so in my experience over the past couple of years, I haven't had crazy stories. Now, I've heard crazy stories from colleagues. Yeah. Um, I know there was a, a wedding once where a groomsman drop kicked a toilet 
and it flooded the the groomsman quarters was above the ballroom. Drop kick. He like hit. You know, toilet. he didn't want to touch the plunger to the knob to flush the toilet. Yeah. So he kicked it. He had had a few too many drinks, <laughs> and it broke, and it flooded the bathroom, and then in turn started leaking through the ceiling. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Can you imagine being at that wedding? No. <laughs> no. Um, so those are probably the the craziest stories those that are I had. Good ones. Um, the first one with mailing in the, isn't that crazy? Well, that is that is definitely the like the cherry on top. Um, no, but I think for us, the main thing that we try to do is we go above and beyond for our clients. I think that's yeah. really the we customer service that we offer them. Talked about building that relationship. Yeah, and I think personal connections is so important, not only with your clients but within the community um, and when you're networking. Um, with our clients, our, we always tell them we're going to go above and beyond for you. One example that I always like to share, we had three w- weddings the weekend of Hurricane Harvey. And uh, one of the things that happened on the Friday wedding is that the, the string quartet was like, we can't make it because of what was happening in Houston. And so I had seen their their list of songs that they wanted to play yeah. for the ceremony and the processional. And one of them was um, Ave Maria. So I go over to the DJ and I said, you know, I need you to download all of these songs and I'm going to sing Ave Maria and surprise the couple during the ceremony. And so I started singing for them and they were just so taken aback and the family was so taken aback. And, you know, we, I tell that story to a lot of my clients, we will go above and beyond for you. That is cool. Um, And so it's, it's something that I think is really important for us that maybe we don't talk about all the time. And so that. Maybe isn't a crazy story, that um, is an awesome but it's something that I like to share uh, with people that are learning about Madera States and the story element. Wow. Yeah. So part of me wants to ask you to sing a line or two of Ave Maria. Okay. Is that, would you mind? Sure. Let me back up from the mic. Okay. Because <laughs> I, I, you're so talented. Thank you. Right? Oh, my gosh. Here, I'll, I'll give you a little snippet. Yeah, and just a snippet. I'll tease you a little bit. Ave Maria, gratia plena. Wow. Wow. The podcast has just reached a new level. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> you, that is incredibly impressive. Thank you. I hope you still sing. I do. Okay. Yeah. Good. I was, um, I'm not there right now, but I was a paid soloist at the Methodist church here in the Woodlands, the Methodome. I grew up yeah. going to that church. Okay. I uh, was singing there for a while. It's a very large church. It's a very large like church. 15,000 um, members. So I sang there through pretty much up until January of 21 as a soloist. And obviously COVID did a number on being able yeah. to sing in groups and everything. Um, so I, I took a step back from that to focus on my voice studio. Um, but I still give recitals too in the area. I've been in a couple productions, so that that talent see, isn't yeah, going away. I've seen that you're in production, yeah. so yeah, no, you you are gifted. Thank you, and don't ever let that slide. Thank I you. Mean, keep that going. So you've experienced such great success by a young age, really. What are three suggestions if you have more? Love to hear them, but at least three suggestions that you would give some some of our young leaders to really prepare them to be strong and effective leaders in their in their own roles. Absolutely. I think, Jeff, for me, the first one that I would start off with is getting involved with some sort of young professional organization or nonprofit organizations within your community. I know we were talking about networking earlier. 
I think you just have to, to plug yourself in and go to these events. If you're new to a community, yeah, you might have to go to a few by yourself for a little bit, but as we were chatting earlier, you have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And the, the sooner you can get over that, I think the easier your success will be yeah. as Just a leader. Jump in. You have to jump in. And you really need to make those connections within these young professional groups and within these nonprofit organizations. So here within the Woodlands alone, Interfaith Young Professionals, the Chamber has a Young Professionals group, uh, YPN, the Young Professionals uh, Network. Network. Um, and so things like this is really where you're going to rub elbows with people that are not only your age, but are also probably facing some of the same questions or concerns or struggles that you have. Mm -hmm. Um, so seeking out these organizations, I mean, in this day and age of technology, you can find a young professionals group in your area within like five minutes, mm -hmm. um, and other traditional networking groups, things like NIA, whatever you're wanting to be a part of. I think are great opportunities to get plugged into the community. Right. So I would say that's the first one is really, if I were to tell you success steps to being a leader is building your network. Okay, cool. The, the second one kind of piggybacking off of that is once you've found that community, once you've found that inner circle mm -hmm. is really leaning onto those mentors and leaning into that network, surrounding yourself by people that are going to build you up, right. that are going to challenge you. Right. Um, I think one of the so biggest... So you never become complacent. No. And you're always growing. You're always growing. One of the things back when I was singing professionally, um, I guess I could say I'm retired, but you told me to keep singing, so I'm not going to say <laughs> that yet. Um, no, you can't retire. I think one of the, the main things that I have gleaned from my opera career and transitioning over as an entrepreneur is all of my quote unquote, best friends, my circle, um, when I was singing professionally, they were all very talented as well. And it made me want to be better. So when they would do something. yourself with people that are uh, either equal to or better. So you strive for improving Correct. yourself. Correct. Yeah. And if I look at where I'm at now, at my position at Madera States within the community, um, surrounding myself by other like-minded people that are going to drive me to want to make me and my community better. Right. I'm going to help you too. Mm -hmm. So there's this synergistic energy that happens when you're surrounding yourself by these people. Mm -hmm. Right. And I'm not saying the pressure that you see on social media and you see that that sort of success, no. I'm saying the success that you glean from, you know, much like us being in leadership Montgomery County together, mm -hmm. um, being in that group motivates me to be better, to be better. Yeah. And if I wasn't in that group, if I didn't participate in that experience, you know, I don't know what I would have missed out on. Right. Exactly. Cause you don't know what you don't know. Right. You don't know what you don't know. But, um, so I would say that's the second one, really lean into your network and the mentors, take people out for coffee, yeah. pick their brains. I, you know, we, I mentioned Barry Blanton earlier in my experience with him. That's one of the things that I did I said, Hey Barry, I'm trying to get involved in the community. Yep. Can I take you to lunch? Let's go get lunch. Got a burger at Fieldings yeah. on Research Forest, you know, and that's one of our favorite spots. Yeah. Um, and I not, chuckle because that, that that's like a go-to for for Barry, right? It's Fieldings. <laughs> it's so good. It's easy to get. But it's, to. Yeah, it's a great. It's a great place. Great restaurant. Um, and not being afraid to ask for help. That's a good one. Not being afraid to ask for help because people, if so, if you ask for help, they come across as to themselves perhaps they're vulnerable, right? Right. 
And I don't want you to know that there is a weakness that I have. Mm -hmm. If I ask you for help, then you're going to think, oh, well, maybe Jeff doesn't really know what he's doing or Mm -hmm. doesn't know what he's talking about. That's not the case. I mean, we can't know everything. None of us are perfect. perfect. No, at all. And at the end of the day, the best way to ask for help is literally use those words. Hey, Jeff, I was wondering if you could help me. Yeah. And naturally, as the human instinct, when we hear those words... I want to help you. Of course. Right? Yeah. And I think, too, a little bit of ego comes into play. A little bit, right? I don't mean that in a bad way. No. But if somebody reaches out for me for my opinion or help, I'm like, oh, they value what I have to say. Exactly So I feel value. It's it's a little bit of flattery, too. So, yeah, I want to help you. You reached out. And you want to add value to that person. A hundred percent. And so so 99% of the time, they're going to say yes. mm -hmm. I mean, unless they're just like so busy that they don't have time. But I think being, don't be afraid to, to ask for help from your mentors, from your network, you know, because that is how you're going to grow. That's how you're going to get out of your comfort zone. And I think that really piggybacks into my third point, um, which is this striving for perfection to have everything in line, all your ducks in a row, and then taking action is really what is going to hold you back. Because you'll never get there. You'll never get there. You'll be so tied up in making things neat and tidy and putting the bow on it that you're either taking so long or it's never going to get done. Right. And I think that comes into play. I know you were talking with um, Stacey Harris uh, a few podcasts ago about fear. You know, the fear of making a wrong move. The fear of failure, right? in a nutshell, right? right? The fear of, you know, maybe is this the right answer? Yeah, maybe it's not the right answer. But if you're always living out of fear, if you're making decisions out of fear, mm-hmm. you're never going to grow. You're never going to progress never. because yeah. you're going to be held back the entire time. So letting go, being vulnerable, you know, vulnerability yeah. is such a huge word. We mentioned it just now. Um, great, you know, authors like Brene Brown talking about vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And that's really where that growth is going to happen. Absolutely. And you get better at it too. As you get older. Aside. Yes. Yeah. I, when I think of the word fear, I think of, and it has many acronyms, but I, I always think of the acronym forget ever achieving results. Because if you have fear, you said it, you can't move forward. Mm-hmm. You become paralyzed and fear will prevent you from asking for help. It will prevent you from trying something new. It'll prevent you from leaning in. Mm-hmm. Just as you said, fear serves no purpose. No, it, it, it really is not going to serve you to get anywhere. I think if, if there was another kind of tag team point that I would make, you know, the fear of rejection is real for a lot of people, whether it's in your personal life, dating, yeah. you know, if it's in your business life, let's face it. We're going to be rejected on a daily basis. We're going to be rejected. People are going to, like it or not, people are going to judge us. Very much so. It happens all the time, and you just got to get over it. Yeah. And you can't worry about rejection. You're going to get rejected. You're going to get judged. It's going to happen. And use it to to get better for the next time. It's okay. It really is. You can't control other people. Nope. You can just control yourself. That's right. And what do we say? If you never ask, you never know. That's right. (laughs) <laughs> the answer is always no if you don't ask, you know. Right. Um, and so I always have that that idea of rejection. You have to embrace it. Embrace yeah. the idea of being comfortable with being uncomfortable. Well, and that, you know, there there may be a door that opens 
and it's not the right opportunity, but then another one comes down the line and, you know, we were better. talking about, you know, being at the right place at the right time too. Yeah. Sometimes there's a portion of that. And think about who rejected you. Do you value that person, mm -hmm. that organization, or don't you? I mean, if you value it, then you take it, learn from that rejection, move ahead. Right. But if you don't, what are you worried about in the first place? Right. It's right. no skin Just off your back. Yeah, forget about it. Yeah. Move ahead. So. Yeah. So I would say those are my three. Excellent. Getting involved in the community, surrounding yourself with your mentors and those people that are really going to motivate you and drive you to be better. And, ask and, for, and, asking, and for asking for help. And then, um, you know, really letting go of this idea of trying to be perfect and embracing you know, rejection, really embracing yeah. your mistakes. Right. Not mistakes, but the potential for mistakes. Opportunities but, yeah. to improve. Exactly. Yeah. Very good. So good segue to our next question on leadership. So I am big into leadership. I, I love talking about leadership. Obviously, we just completed the Leadership Montgomery County uh, program. Awesome. Best class awesome. ever. Best class ever. Yeah. 22. Uh, 22. So what would you consider... Uh, your, like, at least three qualities, I call them absolutes, but three qualities necessary to be a true, strong, and effective leader? I think the first one is take action. That is the biggest element and component to my growth that I have come to realize. I love that. That has been, the, has made the biggest impact on yeah. my career and now as an entrepreneur in the past, I mean, only since 2016, 2017, really, if we want yeah. to call it five years as an right. entrepreneur, is take action. So let, let's let's talk about the opposite then. Standing still, going nowhere, doing nothing. What would happen? Exactly that. Exactly. You're not going to go anywhere. You're not going to grow. <laughs> right. right. There's no opportunity to move forward, to learn, to even take on any leadership role whatsoever. Right. You have to take action. Yeah. And sometimes what we were just talking about, fear, it hinders our ability and wherewithal to take action. Right. You have to take action. One of my favorite stories that I use in my professional singing career is taking action to make things line up in your life and project what you want to happen and where you want to be. Mm -hmm. I'll use this as an example. So when I was sing I was a young artist at Portland Opera in Portland, Oregon. And uh, my second year, I said, I'm going to put together an all German recital because I had this dream of moving to Germany and singing in Germany. So I did and all did. and I did. I put this whole program together in the fall. It was probably like September and it was all German. So I brushed up on my German. I was taking language classes. Beautiful program. Fast forward to November. I sang for this agent that came to Portland Opera that came to hear all the young professionals or the young professionals. Young artists is what we call it in the industry. Um, sang for them. Nothing came of it. Fast forward to February, after I had sung for that agent in November, yeah. I get a phone call from him saying, hey, can you be in New York next week what? to audition for this company, Opera Stuttgart? Their casting director is looking for a, young, a tenor young artist, and I think you'd be a great fit. Let me know. I'll set up the audition for you if you can be in New York. So I go to my boss's yeah, apartment in room, New York <laughs> and uh, I was like, can I go to New York? I was in a production of Carmen at the time and they're like, you can be gone for one day. So I literally flew out, did the audition the next day and flew back that day. So I stayed one night in New York and flew back to Portland. And that's a long flight. That if you've ever a, flown from Portland to New York City. Is that like so I was five exhausted. Hours, six yes, hours? Yeah. almost six hours. Um, 
And I obviously brought a lot of my German repertoire that I had prepped in the fall because mm-hmm. I had that vision. Um, and I went, I sang for them, and then they asked me to send more material to them via That's video. Awesome. And I had recorded that recital in October video and everything and so i sent a bunch of those recordings to them and that's how i got that contract and so i use that as a case of like take action if you are wanting something and you want to achieve it take action if you want to know that guy in that room that's going to help you get x go introduce yourself to that person you know why because if you don't the answer is always no always no yeah and you're never going to have that opportunity right so that is a great great story that's my favorite story i tell about taking action um, and also, you know, really this idea of visualization as yourself as uh, as a leader yeah. and what you want to put out into the ethos if you believe in that, right? What do you want to, what type of energy and what type of ideas do you want to put out into the universe? Because it's going to come back to you because it's listening. Somebody's listening. Right. 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 Yeah. He's up there. He's going to make it happen for you. Yeah. Um, so just, just take action. And then, you know, when I came back from Germany and moved here into the community in 2016, it's exactly what I did. I just jumped right in. You yeah. have to take action. You, you are all about taking action. Yeah. Right? Carpe diem is my yeah. life motto. Yeah. Machen, for those of you that are wanting to learn some German. <laughs> um, but it, it, it is easy to get comfortable, right? I use, you know, COVID as an example. You know, when we had the lockdown, it gets really easy for people just like, okay, well, this is happening. I can't do yeah. anything. And yeah. I'm like, mm, really, you can. <laughs> You can, right. you can turn this into an opportunity, mm-hmm. right, and take action. And so I think that is the, probably the number one thing I would say as a leader. And then when you translate that into your work, um, maybe if you're, man- if you're managing people too, mm-hmm. is you have to take action. You know, if that. you see something that's happening, if you're trying to nip something in the butt, just do it. Yep. Because if you just let it go on, it's going to get worse. Right. And for those of you that are young leaders that are listening and you have concerns of like, well, I need to think about it. Well, yeah, you do mm-hmm. eventually, but it gets better. And you overthink. Yeah, you right. overthink things. So you mm-hmm. gotta. What is the phrase that I mentioned earlier? You gotta shoot first and then aim, mm-hmm. right? And then you mm-hmm. can correct it as Ready, you get shoot, better. Ready, aim. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So take action is number one. Okay, cool. Any other thoughts yes. on that? I know you have more. Um. So the next one I will say is be humble and be human. Uh-oh. Um. Going back Very to this good. idea of asking people for help mm-hmm. and when you're on the other side of that too mm-hmm. yes that person is maybe somewhere where you were and you can yeah. impart that wisdom onto that person so as a leader i think it's very important for us to be humble and be human and to be understanding um because especially when you're creating those personal connections with people yeah. and there's a lot of emotion especially what we do in the wedding industry oh, the sure. wedding purchases is very emotional it's not mm-hmm. the same as you know going out and buying a car maybe buying a car is emotional but not as not as emotional it better right? not be. there's so much wrapped <laughs> up to it probably the closest thing that i can you know bring into a similarity would be buying a home it's very emotional mm-hmm. right you can picture yourself raising yeah. your family there um you don't always know what people are going through right you know and so even with employees too i've learned that very quickly right you have to be human and be humble be a listener be an advocate for people um, but above all, I think really being human is a couple of different qualities. It's listening, being empathetic and being understanding. Yeah. 
and, and have some compassion. Very much so. You can be a strong leader and still have some compassion. Mm-hmm. You know, people kind of get confused sometimes that, oh, we got to make things happen. We got to get direction. Right. We got to tell people what to do. No. Right. No. I well, mean, you, you are providing direction and you are um, motivating people to right. take action and mm-hmm. move forward, but you can be compassionate. Very much so. Well, and I think there's a difference between being, you know, a micromanager than being uh, direct and compassionate. Yeah. So big difference. there's a big difference. Yeah. And so I think you can still be, you know, I'm not saying be human and be walked on. No. Or compassionate no, and be no, walked on. No. But I think there's that fine balance of you need to be compassionate. You are a human being first. Yes. Then exactly. you are a leader, right, right? Right, and then a father, and so yeah. on and so forth. All the other titles yeah. that you carry, mm-hmm. but we are human beings first. Mm-hmm. So be human and be humble. That it. would be my I second one. Okay, um, and then my third one is lead by example. There is somebody that is always watching. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that there isn't. No, because there, there is. There is somebody always watching, and you know my favorite. I bring another, obviously as a singer, I have a lot of singing stories and analogies and anecdotes, but another one of my favorite stories is I was doing this competition and I didn't think I sang particularly well and I won third place, won some money, which is always great. Oh my gosh. And uh, I think this is the National Opera Association and I was... Wait, you got third place at the National Opera Association? Mm -hmm. That, man... You are humble. None of my opera stuff is in this bio. You are humble. <laughs> I mean, that is incredible. Thank you. Thank you, Jeff. I appreciate that. Um, so at this particular competition, as I said, I didn't think I sang very well. I'm, you know, sometimes in my head, I've taken my own advice, but I'm very hard on myself and uh, overly analyze things. But I didn't think I sang very well. Okay. And, you know, they're calling out the awards and I got third place. And I'm like, okay, wow, I'm shocked. There's like this guy and this girl that sang way better than I did and they didn't get anything. So we have an opportunity to talk to the judges afterwards. So I sit down with the judges and we're going over the notes and their feedback for mm-hmm. me. And each one of them said, when you, as soon as you started walking across the stage, this is before I even opened my mouth to even sing. They said, as soon as you walked across that stage, we knew that A, you were someone and we were going to love you. Wow. Your presence. Just my presence and my personality from walking across yeah. the stage and introducing myself before I even sang. Which I would say, I, I absolutely agree with that because before we even met, mm-hmm. and I had a chance to you know, see you from across the room, mm-hmm. we were in a group, big group, and I had that same same impression. Like, here's a guy that is, he knows what's going on. And he's got, I don't know what he's doing currently, but he's he is a very strong presence in the community, I'm sure, with an incredible future. That was, that was, you know, my first impression. So oh, well, I'm, the fact, I'm humbled. The fact that somebody would say that in your audition before you even started singing, I'm not surprised at all. And I will never forget that because it is so true. And so I don't mean that, you know, any, everywhere you go, people are going to be watching. But lead by example, when mm-hmm. you don't think people are watching, they are watching you. Yeah. And you yeah. are, a lot of people look up to you. Mm-hmm. And so as a leader, you know, I'm not saying that we don't make mistakes. We're human again, yeah, right? But I think one of the most important lessons that I have learned is I have to lead by example um, because, you know, people that maybe want to emulate you or they look up to you, they maybe will will follow suit. 
Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. you can impact them in an indirect way. Right. Maybe right. it's not something that's direct, but they see, hey, you know, this person is doing X, Y, Z. This is what I need to be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so lead by example. There's somebody that's always watching. And it's OK to make a mistake and then talk about a hundred percent and own up to it. Right. I'm not perfect. I'm the first person to say that. None you know? of us are. And no. I think people respect that. Yes. Right. I mean, people who look up to you don't expect you to be perfect. Mm -hmm. And they know that they can learn from some of the things that you've done Mm -hmm. and some lessons learned that you've had. So awesome. Those are great, three great characteristics, absolutes. So, uh, and I love that most important, take action. Yes. Oh my gosh. Because it's so, you know, I'm an analyzer, right? I like to analyze, Mm -hmm. analyze. And what happens when you analyze too much? You're going to miss opportunities. Yeah, right, right. So you got to put that aside and just take action. Yeah, somebody else is going to come along and do it. I love that. So what are a couple of other, I guess, lessons that you've learned during your career that you would want to pass on to some young leaders? And and, and those maybe not young, but out Mm -hmm. there trying to move ahead in leadership. Yeah, I think coming back to my main point of this idea of the 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 fear of rejection and comparing yourself to somebody else with with our uh, specifically to young leaders right now I would guess who I would consider myself a millennial everything is so dominated by social media and this idea of perfectionism yeah. right what you see on social media Isn't is not the truth it is brutal yeah. and it it really messes up with your psyche if you are not of sound mind or if you're in a, a vulnerable place emotionally mm-hmm. and you're seeing all of this stuff I've been there too and you're seeing all this success on social media, it's it's not always the truth, oh, right? There's I so would much say going rarely, on, right? I no, mean, there's so much going on behind the scenes. Yeah. It's become a platform for people just to, to highlight their shining moments, you know, which is great. But at the end of the day, I think you you really have to take stock in what is important to me, what is going to make me happy, mm-hmm. and how am I going to make myself move forward? Mm-hmm. And so almost putting those blinders on and not letting the noise affect you. Right. You can't compare yourself to somebody else. That, that I agree entirely. You, once you start comparing yourself, you will always feel sh- like you've fallen short. Yeah, that you're, you're less meeting, than. Yeah, you're not meeting expectations. Right. And comparing, it's, it's like fear. It doesn't serve any purpose. No. You, know, you are who you are. You mm-hmm. have your own strengths. You have a, uh, add a lot of value. Mm-hmm. And you know, use that as best as you can to help others and for you to move forward. Yeah. And I think even too, for, for a business mindset, when I look at my path with Madeira, you know, we, we are a very specific style, right? And in business, you can look out all you want and be like, okay, well, they're doing this and they have this and they have this, 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 and this. And it's like, well, I need to do this, this, and this. And it's like, well, I think it's, it is important, you know, when you're looking at a competitor standpoint, in terms of moving your business forward, you do maybe want to have an awareness mm-hmm. of what is going on in your industry, but that doesn't mean that you have to compare yourself to them. I think when right. you focus on your niche, when you focus on what you do best, for me, again, it goes back to that customer service when I'm thinking of our business. Mm-hmm. I know we offer great customer service and we go above and beyond for our clients. Now, that doesn't mean I steal, I'm not above stealing good ideas. Do you know <laughs> what I mean? I'm like, that is smart. 
Right. Right. And because for me, well, if it helps you improve, a hundred percent, copying is the highest form of flattery. Yeah. Right. And I believe I'm passing that on, even with my talks at the wedding MBA. One of my favorite ones, and I'll call it a local business that I stole something from, um, that you can learn from other businesses with Bradbury Brothers. They send this little automated text before yep. they come over to your house. Yeah, I stole that and we use it for confirming our appointments at the venue. Excellent. And it like made waves at Wedding MBA. People mm-hmm. were like, "Oh my God, what is this?" And I'm like, "Personal connections before they even walk yeah. in the door." You know, so I have to know the owners. Do you really? I will pass it on. Yes, please do. Tell them I stole that, and everybody loves it in the wedding yeah. industry. Good. And they were just like so taken aback. They're like, oh, they get to build that personal connection. Um, But going back, like try not to compare yourself to other people because A, the grass is not always greener. What you see out there may not be the life that you want to live. That's right. You know, even if it's financial, you know, you're seeing this person that you see, you think is successful. They may have a lot of money. You don't know what demons they have got going on in their closet or the struggles that they're feeling. Money's not everything. No. Helps pay the bills, but it's not everything. Yeah. I think that's probably my other main point in, in terms of leadership, in terms of growth is really water your garden. Yes. Water and take care of your garden. Right. And watch it grow. Make sure the yeah, make sure the garden grows, the yeah. grass is green, exactly. where you're planted, where yeah. you're standing. You know, and the yeah. neighbors might have some pretty azaleas, but it's like, okay, admire it from over there and then focus on your garden. Exactly. Don't try to copy them. I love Do that. your own thing. Yeah. I don't know why I came up with a garden, you know, analogy, but I love it. Oh, well, it's good. It yeah. works. Yeah. 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 Man, this has been so educational, so great talking with you, and I appreciate you coming on. Thank you, yeah. Jeff. I've, I've learned a lot. Oh, I so, hope so. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I've like when you invited me, I said I was so honored to be here. I'm happy to be yeah. on the podcast. Appreciate you taking the time. It's been great having you. Absolutely. So how can people learn more about you and Madero States? Yes. So you can follow us uh, either on our website. We are at www.maderaestates. That's M-A-D-E-R-A estates.com. And then on social okay. media platforms at Madera Estates. Okay. And if people want to learn about your voice lessons, how do they learn about that? So you can reach out to me directly. I can give Jeff some email contact information. Um, Don't really have a platform for that yet. It is in the works. Okay. Uh, A new website, as well as for my speaking opportunities. Uh, Be on the lookout for that soon as well. Wonderful. Well, Ian, again, thank you so much for being here. And listeners, thank you for tuning in. I'm always grateful for you listening to the Understandable Solutions podcast. And I'd like to know what you got out of today's episode with uh, Mr. Ian Ramirez. There were so many good nuggets of information. But email me at jeff at understandablesolutions.com. Again, that's jeff at understandablesolutions.com. Let me know what that one, two, or maybe several nuggets of information that you got out of today's episode. And again, thank you for tuning in, and thank you to my uh, sponsor, undersummers.com by Carrie Ray. Always grateful to have them as a sponsor, great owners. So again, thanks for tuning in. I hope you had a great day. I hope tomorrow's even better. Peace, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to Understandable Solutions. We hope we met our goal and remember that was for you to walk away with at least one nugget of useful and thought-provoking information to make your day. And tell us what that is. We want to know. Be sure to review us favorably on your favorite podcast platform.